Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. You've got the home of the truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. Bruce Barnum, Portland State football coach. They had uh, alpacas at Hillsborough Stadium on Saturday. I know because we had a photographer working the game who took photographs. Photographs came back great. If you want to see the gallery, you can go to johnconzano.com. Portland State won. They beat Northern Colorado, scored 35 unanswered points. Bruce Barnum is here to talk about it. You are on a roll. Hey, thanks for having us, John. Advocates, when we play... When we play and we click, uh, they're fun to watch, man. What? What? You know, you get off to kind of a slow start on Saturday. <laughs> You're down 14 zip in the game. You reel off 35 straight. Like, do you see that coming? Is it? Was it just, hey, they got up 14, and uh, you know, it, it's a matter of time. We'll get it clicking. What's going on with that? Well, uh, you look at Northern Colorado. I, I, I actually talked to the team about that on Sunday and Monday, and then the game. The night before, John, they got up. They got up on everybody except one team. Fourteen three, fourteen nothing, ten zero. And I told them just weather the storm. You know, dig dig your heels in the sand. They've had two weeks to get ready for you. Uh, they got three McCaffreys over there. You know, the NFL down to the quarterback and OC and brother Christian probably helped them out. Uh, you know, plant scheming for you. But once things get settled. Uh, Get ready to roll them up, and it worked the, out. The alpacas is that a uh, is that a l- good luck charm? Will you bring them back against Sacramento State? Well, I thought they're bringing in centaurs, John, but that they they look like centaurs. I just saw the shadow of them originally back in August. Hey, we're doing this. I said, Are you bringing centaurs in? You know, and then they said the llamas out or out the Packers. So no. I don't think they're bringing them back. You know, they're busy. They're booked. It's hard to get those things. I know. Friday night you will play at home against uh, Sacramento State. They are the number two team in the country. They're good. They're undefeated. Uh, they got pressed a little bit this last weekend, I think, with Weber State. What do you see on film when you look at Sac State? Uh, tempo. You know, you know, Chip used to brought that stuff to Oregon, you know, when he was rolling there and keep on our sideline, go fast, don't let him line up, make him play generic, can't get a call in. They are that times a thousand. Uh, they run two quarterbacks. They have a tailback who, for FCS football, uh, our level is lights out. Uh, Scatabo, I think, is his name. And, um, they're playing well, and their defense just plays with energy, you know, effort. They got a couple guys. Uh, one guy's out for the first half. He. He uh, got another, uh, whatever it's called, uh, targeting deal, so we won't have to deal with him uh, for at least a half. But they're playing with confidence, you know, and any time you're doing anything in life with confidence, you're, you're a step ahead. You guys uh, go into that game. Uh, do you pull out all the stops? Do you throw the kitchen sink at them? Do you, you know, do you, do you feel like you're in a game where you got to, you know, you got to onside kick, you got to fake punt, or... 
can you play Sac State and win that game? Can you just play a clean, good game and beat them? Are you good enough? Well, uh, when we are on, John, and playing hard, and uh, I, I have a good football team. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the swimming hole, Gonzalez. You know, you you got to before you dive, you go in and you walk around. You see where the rocks are. You see where the 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 stream, the cold water's coming in. If it's hot, you kind of get a feel for the pool, and then you go, and that tells you. You know, do I need gadgets? Do I need just to run the ball? Do I need to play, you know, uh, shoot out, you know, score, 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 score? It kind of gives you a feel for it. Anyway, that, that's kind of how I look at a game. Um, and we'll go from there. We have a plan for everything, you know. we got two or three plans we can throw at them. We'll see what happens. Hopefully hopefully we can put one together. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be cool. They're really good. Did you hear you guys came up? during the college football playoff ranking show that just aired where they announced the best teams in the country? Oh, they didn't, weren't talking about us, I'm guessing. Well, they took a shot at you. I well, they did. Who's that? Kirk Herbstreit. Oh, uh, mighty Herb. Yeah, he, let me just play what he said because I don't want to say that I was misquoted. So they're talking about whether Oregon should have played Georgia or not. Right. And Kirk Herbstreit, was trying to say Oregon should have, maybe they should have scheduled easier. I don't know. Here's what he said. You can look at Oregon and, and say, look at how big of a loss they had to Georgia. You also have to look at those circumstances with Dan Lanning taking over, new quarterback that came in from Auburn, first game that they play of the year, travel across the country and play in Atlanta, basically a home game for Georgia. It, the message to Rob Mullins is schedule Portland State. Like, why, why do you want to schedule Georgia and lose a game like that? If you schedule Portland State, they're undefeated, and everybody's talking about how great Oregon is. Are you going to send him uh, flowers? <laughs> or what are you, your reaction? Wow. The, the herb uh, throwing, throwing bullets, huh? Well, you know what? What's he at? Uh, Ohio State, you know. Um, uh, I tried to call them and schedule them, but uh, they won't play us. I think that's where he went. Um, I didn't know about that. That's a. You should a, say, yeah. I'll give you a quote. You should say, "We're open for business." Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll play anybody, anytime, anywhere. Eight hundred thousand. That's right. Oh no, more than one point eight. <laughs> that would you one point eight? They got more. Well, that's probably what Herbstreit's getting paid. You know, <laughs> to talk about the, the mighty bikes. Um, <laughs> no, that's good. Any press is good press, right? Even if it's coming from Kirk. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, so, uh, it's, you know, you'll you'll do it for 1.8? Of course. I'll play that and gets rid of one of my money games. That gives me another win, just like he's talking about scheduling. You know, um, the problem is with scheduling, you do it seven, he probably doesn't know this, you do it seven years ahead of time. You know, uh, those games aren't made the, the day of landing or got the job. Those games are made, you know, uh, Many moons ago, so it's kind of what ships fall. You got to plan ahead. So um, that's that's unique. What show was that on? That was on like real. That like was on, on the TV. the uh, the uh, college football playoff ranking show that airs on Tuesdays. I'm going to tweet this out. I'm going to say that you heard Herb Street say Oregon should have played Portland State instead of Georgia, and you'll do it for 1.8 mil. Of course, actually, yeah, put 1.8. I was going to. Give another number, but everybody. You want to go higher? Uh, no, let's go 1.8. That'll, that'll clean some things up here. 
can't can't jump on the Powerball. Obviously, we found out that's a lark. You know, you kidding me? Oh, canceled. I'm not going to pull the number tonight. Yeah. I wasted 20 bucks on that. I'll never spend another dime on the Powerball. <laughs> You're done? Done. Yeah? Done. Some guy in California wanted it. He's, he's, yeah. Come on. Well, come uh, on. so, you know, it's interesting because I almost feel like that, you know, your record as a head coach gets tainted by the payday games. They should give you two different records. They should say, here's Barnum's overall record. Here's his record when playing uh, non-payday games. Just so we have a better idea of where you are, because I almost feel like, look, you win, you win, you've won some of those games. You beat Washington State, okay? But by and large, you're going to go. If you play ten of them, you're going to go one and nine, or you know, two and eight in those right. games. You know, right. it's, so how do you, as a head coach, how do you wrap your mind around it, like, and get your kids to understand that, hey, you might start the year one and two, you might start zero oh and three, but it's okay. Well, it's uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. At, at this point, John, it does get frustrating to a point, you know. Because, like I said, I think I have a good football team. You go into those games. We've talked about this. You get beat up. Uh, hopefully, you have a, a a year you don't. But Washington uh, this year, you know, kind of put us in the rehab at some key positions and a lot of starters. But and that affects you know just as much. But it's my goal. I wish I could do it my uh, you know, counterparts do and have one maybe uh, or, or none and play the people at my level. Um, but yeah, if you, that is something, it would drive you crazy if you didn't look about, look at it that way. But you know, the game doesn't define who I am. I know what, I know what we have to do here at Portland state to keep this place, other sports going. Um, so uh, that, it, it is what it is. Explain it to my players, though, is the frustrating part. You know, because you never go into the game. We go into a game, they expect to win. You know. So, uh, but it, it catches up to you, I think, as coaches sometimes. I, I kind of have to rally the, you know, circle the wagons. Um, but you want to sneak one. And then we didn't at San Jose, so everybody's like, ah. Oh. Then when I thought, I thought the best one we played was at Oregon State one year. You know, and my kicker, we missed three extra yep. points. I mean, yep. I just wanted to grab my big toe and stick it in my ear. But, <laughs> you know, um, but if you get one of those, then you're all right because, you know, you're one and one and or two and all that one year. We, we beat North Texas. and uh, But uh, it, it's just it's where we're at right now at Portland State. I realize that it's probably – I think the brass does a little bit too, John, honestly, you know, because if you look at my record, I mean, you're running me out of here, you know, and giving me a job like Herb Street has. But if right now, um, that's what it is. I, I'm going to help this department out and hopefully get one of those erased. Bruce Barnum, uh, you've got Sac State on Friday. I encourage people to check it out. This is one of the best teams in the country. Portland State will be hosting at Hillsborough Stadium. 6 o'clock Friday, have a different feel to it. You go on the road for your finale. We'll talk to you about that next week. But uh, good luck to you Friday night. Give them hell. Thank you. I, 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 somebody send me your thing. Um, are you having Coach Brooks on here? Or has uh, he already been on? I I. Interview, Wilner and I interviewed him in a podcast. I'll text oh, it to you. Oh, I got gotcha. you. He told stories. Yeah, my pops worked with his daughter at Schwabi. I don't know if mm. um, she was. She's in law. 
Uh, someone that was, that was a few moons ago, but my dad's got a lot of respect for him. Small anyway, world. yeah, thank you. Thanks for having the bikes on, uh, John, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, Bruce Barnum, there he goes. 1.8 million. Can I play that clip again? I I want to play it again. Here's what Herb Street said. Guys, is he is Herb Street saying that he believes himself Oregon should have scheduled Portland State or is he just sort of summarizing the prevailing thought that hey, you're penalizing Oregon for scheduling tough. I think he's taking a shot at Portland State personally. Right, let, let's go. Let's let, let's play it. You can look at Oregon and, and say, look at how big of a loss they had to Georgia. You also have to look at those circumstances with Dan Lanning taking over, new quarterback that came in from Auburn, first game that they play of the year, travel across the country and play in Atlanta, basically a home game for Georgia. It, the message to Rob Mullins is schedule Portland State. Like, why, why do you want to schedule Georgia and lose a game like that? If you schedule Portland State, they're undefeated, and everybody's talking about how great Oregon is. There it is. Is he taking a shot? What is he saying there, Judah? No, he's just saying, <laughs> get a win, you know? <laughs> Take a shot. Get a win. Is he saying Oregon should have played the Vikings, or is he – because he's mixed. He, he He's saying, hey, you know, you have to consider it was Dan Lanning's first game, and then he goes on to say the other thing. I think he is saying, like, why did they shouldn't have played Georgia. I just think it's weird, though, because, like, that's such a – it's kind of a lazy take. Like Barney said, these schedules are made so far in advance that if this was year six of Crystal Ball with all the infrastructure built up, you know, and ready to go, and this was the reigning national champion, Georgia, like that game does make a lot of sense. It doesn't make as much sense when it's your first year head coach with a little bit disjointed roster. There's no way to see that coming. So it's super weird to me. It's just odd, you know, Kirk. Kirk is a smart guy. You know, it's like you can't reverse engineer schedules that are made six, seven years ago but it's with, not, with this in mind. It's also a non-competitive take. Like yeah. he's saying don't be competitive and don't play the best teams. And you get it. Like they should be rewarding teams that go out and play really tough opponents. Like Alabama went on the road and played Texas. Like they should get rewarded for that. Finally, by the way. They yeah. never do that. And they did that, but they should get rewarded for it. Texas should get rewarded for playing Alabama in the non-conference. I think the same thing can be said for Oregon and Georgia to schedule this game, you know, pre- in the in the non-conference schedule because this isn't a game you have to play. Like I said, you can play a team on a lower level and get an automatic win, but you're putting yourself out there in week 1 when you're not necessarily ready and you're going for it. I I I just I think it's a bad take. It's a bad look, but everyone's saying they're not going to give Oregon the benefit of the doubt because they went out other way to play a really tough team. And by the way, with an expanded playoff, it still makes it might make even more sense to schedule these games with the big boys. Yeah, because it's a little bit more room for error, right? Yeah, I think. But you could. Also, I think in the expanded you, playoff, you got to play it because it, it will help the at-large teams. But you could say the other way though, because look at UCLA. They played nobody in the non-conference, and they're still on the doorstep of making, if the, if it was expanded, of making that college football playoff. Yeah, they it, almost it, lost to South Alabama. Yeah. It, it's going to be a problem <laughs> here, too, because even though in the, look, in an expanded playoff, your conference champion in most years will make the expanded playoff with an automatic bid. I do think that you'll see these games. I think it's why the Pac-12 is probably going to schedule a crossover series with the ACC. I think the Pac-12 is going to go down to eight conference games, I think they're going to they're going to schedule a crossover series with the ACC. They're going to play payday games on ESPN, probably held at SoFi Stadium and other in Vegas. And they're going to let Oregon play Clemson, and they're going to let Utah play Florida State, and they're going to they're going to play these crossover games because I think 
the it will help the at large teams. I wonder to who get Oregon's first ACC opponent would be. I wonder. Let's go Miami. <laughs> Let's go Oregon Miami, SoFi Stadium or in Vegas. Either one, I'm good with either one. Let's do it. All right. Uh, here's another question, and I'm just gonna throw this out here. Like, there's a path for Oregon to the to the playoff if they win out. You know, they win all three games remaining. They do it with some style. They win the Pac-12 title game in Vegas. You know, the committee may not forget the 46-point loss to Georgia, but I, but I think the committee wants to forgive it. And I think they will give the committee plenty of reasons to consider it a playoff team if they do that. But what about USC? The Trojans right now, they're at 8-1. and one. Their only loss is at Rice-Eccles Stadium by a point. But what's USC's best win, guys, to this point? Who have, they haven't beaten a ranked team. And they have some some interesting wins, too. Like, they beat uh, they beat Cal by six. They beat Arizona by eight. They beat the Beavers by three. Like, I, you know, there's work to do. USC still would play U- UCLA. They play Notre Dame. And they presumably would get Oregon in Vegas for, a, you know, so they maybe they build their resume then. But to this point, I don't think USC's resume is that good. The best win's got to be in Corvallis. Yeah. That's got to be the best win. But do you think that means they're overrated or are they just overranked? Like, John, it feels like you think UC, USC is legit. I and, like, they, they would are. give Oregon a really competitive game in Vegas, right? I mean, to me, it's, yeah, maybe their resume isn't all that much to write home about. But does that also mean they're not a top 10 team? I, I kind of think they're built on speculation at this point at number eight. And I think the the committee is going, hey, we think they're pretty good, but we're going to know after they play UCLA and they play Notre Dame and then maybe they play Oregon or Utah in the conference title game. Because I think if, if UC, USC beats UCLA, they beat Notre Dame, they go to the Vegas, they beat Oregon, then you, then you hold them up and you go, okay, that's the fourth best team in the country or third best team in the country, depending on how things go. But right now... I would kind of bet against USC going undefeated the rest of the way. I didn't like them at the early part of the season. They've won me over to this point. But, you know, here comes Colorado, UCLA, Notre Dame to finish the season. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they lose at least one. And I wouldn't be shocked if they lose two, if Notre Dame gets them. But let's see. It's a home game against Notre Dame. We'll see what USC does. Leave it here. you got the BFT. Back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Phone numbers 503 417 7575. Lots to talk about. I wrote uh, I wrote a story today at johnconzano.com. I want to talk just for a minute about. Um, I don't want to spoil it because it's kind of a wild yarn, and uh, not all stories have happy endings. Okay, I'm going to say that up front. But um, I wrote a story about a nurse who's dealing with cancer. She's got colon cancer. She's the mother of two. She's 33 years old, and she had a hard time. She's a Washington State fan. And she got tickets, guys, to a Washington State home football game from a donor who was just trying to lift her spirit, who knew that she was struggling. She's a season ticket holder at Washington State with her family, but he had club-level tickets. And it was for the Thursday night game they played against Utah 
couple of Thursdays ago. And he donated the tickets to her and wanted her to go to the game, and she went to the game. A wild, wild story comes out of it because another ticket holder who's on the club level, who is an engineer for Boeing, 56-year-old engineer, happens to also be on the club level for that Thursday night game. He got a ticket from a friend. He's there. He's at the game. And uh, I'm not going to give the full story, but something terrible happened. The engineer for Boeing didn't feel well. Turns out he has a heart condition. He collapsed. He's unconscious. He's not breathing. And the uh, nurse who has colon cancer, she's an emergency room nurse, and her husband is a nurse uh, anesthesiologist. And so he happens to be on the scene, and she happens to be on the scene just a few feet away from the Boeing engineer who collapses. You talk about coincidence, guardian angels. Uh, I think there's a lot of people involved with this story that told me at one point or another, we don't think any of this is accidental. Things happen for a reason. But it got me thinking about football stadiums. If you want to read it, go to johnconzano.com. You can get the whole story. Got me thinking about football stadiums. I'm often in the press box or I'm walking through the crowd maybe at the end of the game or the beginning of the game and I see people coming into the stadium. And it's interesting. It's kind of like an airport. You know, in an airport you get people who come from all backgrounds, all ages, socioeconomic backgrounds, different jobs, different ideologies, religion, politics. You get people in a stadium, you know, of... 40, 50, 60, or 70, or 80,000 people, and it's this melting pot of humanity. And, and you, it's like you can have a nurse standing by a Boeing engineer, and nobody knows that's not a nurse, that's an engineer. Nobody knows what, you know, unless you have a conversation about it. You just have all these people from such different backgrounds mixed together. And sports weaves us together in that way it's part of why i love doing this show and people who listen to the show will tell me like you know you don't really do a sports show it's a sports show but you don't really do a sports show i get that all the time people say oh the show's different and part of why i think it's different is it becomes more of a lifestyle show but it also becomes kind of a you know we talk a lot about psychology and sociology and and i'm fascinated by it i'm fascinated by that scene in the stadium when I see you guys at the stadium, yes, you out there, I don't care if you're a season ticket holder or if it's the first time you've ever been to a stadium, I see you, and you're walking shoulder to shoulder with people who are, you know, have either been there for 30 years or this is their first game. And you you kind of walk through that and you realize, like, how wonderful it is, you know, with people in stadiums and in arenas, how wonderful a place it is, a meeting place it is, for all these people to come together and share uh, that experience and sometimes magic happens sometimes you get Kenny Wheaton's gonna score sometimes you get Edgar Martinez hitting a grand salami and Dave Niehaus on the call sometimes you get Damian Lillard hitting a 37 foot shot and but in a lot of times in a lot of games that I've been to you just get a good game or you get a fun experience it's like a fingerprint or a snowflake it's not like anything else that you've ever seen anywhere else and I think in those moments, like, I look around and I'm like, man, this is what sports is supposed to do. Because i got to be honest, like, I've, just, I've done a lot of thinking in the last six or seven months about, you know, 
USC and UCLA to the Big Ten, television deals, the money that's involved, the coaches, the NIL, the transfer portal, the booster collectives. There's been a real loss of innocence in our sports world. It's, uh, it's not the carefree place that it has traditionally been. Maybe I'm naive to what had gone on in the past. Maybe there were places where, you know, there were backroom deals cut and players were bought. And, of course, there was cheating in sports. The cream and the clear, Andro, Balco, Lance Armstrong. It's not about the bike. It's about the, uh, it's about the blood doping that was going on. Uh, of course, all that went on. Uh, you know, the Astros banging on the trash can. Of course, we've had those things. But by and large, most of the competitions that we have seen have been kind of that escape that we look to sports to be. So, yeah, a nurse, an engineer, uh, a good-hearted donor. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.